Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. We talked to you about the fact that Christy and I do meditation. One of the meditations we do does, there's like 11 um, statements that come with it. Affirmations. Yeah. And sometimes affirmations are really important because it kind of helps us to slow down a little bit. And if we think about those affirming statements, how it can help change something in us. And we kind of feel that calm come over us. And you were talking about it this morning and, and you kind of called it more like inner peace. So what is that for you? Yeah, I feel like that when you use affirmations like that, we talk about every day a practice. And I feel like that when you use affirmations like that and you go over them again and again in your mind, it really helps to instill that in your brain in a different way and that you're able to put some space and slow down your mind. And when you're able to do that, I feel like you find inner peace, no matter what's going on around you. Well, and I think that's really interesting because it is that thing. And, you know, one of the things it talks about in the one that we particularly listen to is he says about sit and in that moment, think of what are your feelings? What are your emotions? Yeah, one of the affirmations that he says is view your emotions like from the outside. Try to view them like if they were not your own. And when you can pause and take that moment to do that, it really does shift something in you. And the more that you do it, it's like a practice. The more often you really think about it and do that, it takes that trigger power away, I feel like. But it is a practice that you have to do again and again, because you'll still have those times where you're triggered about something. But I feel like that in doing that practice, it helps you to gain more control of the, instead of just going off the rails and having that emotional response to something. Well, and I think what it is, is it's very empowering. And, and, you know, when you talk about calming stuff down, it's empowering because not only does he say, take the emotion outside of you, but then he says, take yourself outside. And so it's like, you're looking at you and the emotion outside of you. Yeah. So it's like, and I think what it does is it helps us to understand that just because we have an emotion does not mean I have to take ownership of that and have a response to it. And there's inner peace in that. And it's interesting because when you do that, it helps you identify feelings like you may not even know you have. But you know, when he says, what are you feeling now? Feel it and then take the emotion outside of you. Then you take your emotion outside and you kind of look. And it really is that thing of, oh my goodness, sometimes it's, I didn't even know I was feeling that. Or I didn't know I was in such a good place. You know what I mean? So it can be either way, I think. Mm-hmm. Or just for me anyway. Well, especially if you're if it's a negative emotion that you're having. I feel like that if you can pause and look at it outside of you, and it does take practice to be able to do that. Because, I mean, we are so much the feeling base and going right to the emotion. But if you can pause and look at that, like I say, outside of you, Like if you were seeing somebody else that you're not a part of the situation and you see somebody have an emotional reaction and, but you're able to sit back because it's not you. So basically, if you can do that with yourself, that has, it does, it eventually has this empowering thing about it because you're not emotionally charged and reacting to things in the same way. Well, and I think too, because earlier I used the word trigger. And I think the thing is, is oftentimes we don't realize that 
when we're triggered. There's another statement he makes, which is really a powerful one, is that the past and the future exist only in our mind. They don't exist out here because out here only exists the moment. But our past will trigger us. And sometimes the thought of what we should be doing in the future may trigger us. And so we get anxiety. Sometimes we get depression. Sometimes we get all of these emotions. Sometimes we even get angry mm-hmm. or whatever sad. There's this whole gamut, I think, of emotion that can come from that, those triggers. And then once again, though, if you have that and then you're able to say, well, wait, what am I feeling at this moment? Because I think um, oftentimes what keeps people from that inner peace is they don't like the feeling. So they kind of try to shove it down. I just won't feel it. I won't feel it. I won't feel it. And not giving it, not acknowledging it. And I think that's what he's in that thing. He's saying for us, acknowledge the feeling, but then remove it, then look at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where, you know, because it's because people feel out of control. Well, you don't, it's not about control in that way. And I feel like that if you're able to put that space around the situation and take that emotion out of it, then you're able to see that and not feel like that you have to do something in that moment. It gives that inner peace. And like you say, it's the past and the present exist only in your mind. But people are so busy in their head a lot of the time and thinking about, I think that's why anxiety and anger is so prevalent nowadays because people are either, you know, like you say, their mind is constantly on that past or future. Trying to fix the past that's already happened. And I always tell people in my office when they come and I said, look, I don't have a magic wand. I can't take care of anything. I can't change your past. Mm-hmm. The past had its moment and that moment has is gone. And that's one of the affirmations that he says about is, I can't change the past, but I can do my best here and now. Exactly. Therapeutically, when I'm working with clients and what I work on for them is to really be present, to be mindful of now. Because when we have that, that's where that inner peace comes from. When I know that this moment is what I have. That doesn't mean you don't plan for the future. It doesn't mean you don't dream about that. But with our past, the past had its moment and it's gone. But what we try to do is do that coulda, woulda, shoulda for the past. And we are we think of it as we are now with all of our new knowledge and stuff. And But we don't understand that, you know, in the past we didn't have that knowledge or whatever those things are. So it doesn't exist. So that creates a lot of that anger and all those other feelings that come with this and it triggers us. But we people, I'll say, well, what do you think triggers? I don't know. I'll say, well, let's sit there and think about it for a minute. What is the feeling you're having? We'll talk about that feeling. And then I have to... Once again, very similar to him, I have to tell him that sit with the feeling itself, but separate from you. Because what is it? Where's the attachment? Where's all of that stuff that comes with it? And when they're able to say that, they might say, oh my God, I didn't realize it was, you know, like when I was this. I said, okay, but what can we do about that now? Well, it's already passed. Well, I should have done it. Well, we can't do that. So how do we help get you to that inner peace with that? is by acknowledging that our past happened. We did the best that we could in the moment that we had. And then we look at who am I today because of that? How can I do something different in this moment? And then what happens is when people learn that they have control over what they think, feel, and their response or behavior, that is empowering. And that's where that inner peace comes. That sense of, I do have control. 
as he says, remove yourself. You go and you look at yourself, take yourself out of it and look at that. And you find that in, you know, I'm working with a new uh, vet and, and I told him, you know, in between our thoughts, there's a nanosecond. And I said, out here, doesn't mean nothing. In our brain, that's a long time. He comes back and he goes, you know, in a nanosecond, you could have a conversation almost in your head. I said, exactly, because our brain is much faster. So it, it, time is not what we think it is. And we realize that when we talk about our brain and how our brain works. So it's very different. And he's able to do that now. He goes in that nanosecond. He said, you're right. And it's very empowering for him. And we talk about gratitude. All of those things, all of those things are those things that we put together those little pieces of this puzzle we put together that really helps us to have that inner peace. I think inner peace is something that I think people are really wanting. It is. I feel like, I mean, you know, you hear about old people thrive on drama and all of those kinds of things, but there has to be those moments where that they feel tired or that they feel overwhelmed by those things. And I think that is that desire for inner peace. Well, I think the thing, that's a really good point, but I think the thing is when people thrive on drama, it's because it makes them feel relevant. Yeah. When we have inner peace, we are relevant. It's not necessary for all the drama. So, And I think that's the the really key thing is to understand that inner peace is going to look different for a lot of different people. And it's doing that self-exploration. What does that mean for you? What are those thought processes that and it transcends thought too. We get so caught up. But if we think of our thought as energy, because energy is a, it's like an electrical current when you think about it. And that's what our brain is. When we realize it can be bigger than that. When we realize that we can expand those processes to find that inner peace. And sometimes it's using conventional stuff. And sometimes it's using non-conventional stuff. There can be a balance within that. And I think people are so busy looking for it and where they'll think only, you know, okay, if I go work out all the time, I'm going to have it. Or if I go do this all the time, I'm going to have it. Not understanding that we're not one dimensional like that. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that come into play when we're talking about that inner peace, that sanctuary that we find within our mind, that it isn't one size fits all. If I do one thing, that's all it takes. I think it is a combination of things. I think it is really being mindful. I think it is holding space sometimes for those feelings that we're having. And in holding space, sometimes it's the acknowledgement of, yeah, I feel like this. I'm sad. But we get afraid of those emotions. So we kind of bury them and do all that stuff instead of not being afraid and just holding space for it. Then being able to step outside of ourselves and look at those emotions and those thoughts and all of that and determine how can I change this? But I think that is so empowering within itself that it kind of dissipates a lot of the, the feeling that you were having anyway, because your sense of empowerment is greater than that. I think a lot of time people stay on autopilot. And so they're just not dealing with a lot of the stuff. And so it sits back there in the back of the mind. And so even when you're, maybe it's not something that's necessarily in your face, it stays a worry or those kinds of things. And that is not creating space. And I feel like that when you quiet the mind, that's where you gain that power. Absolutely. And I think for some people, though, it's really interesting to me, as you know, when I get people who have had a life of all thoughts all the time, it's constant chaos for them. I use a, a piece of equipment called an alpha stem, which basically it just is working directly on your neurotransmitters. 
and they put it on and the quiet, it can freak some of them out. And it does. They're like, whoa, what's going on here? It's because they are so used to the chaos and they go, this is what's like they we, we consider normal because in their head, normal is all the chaos. And when it quiets, I mean, I have had people cry. It's just laugh joyfully. <laughs> it's one of the most amazing things to be able to share that experience with them. And this is something that people in general are experiencing. It's not just, you know, like a mental illness thing. People have, their mind is racing all the time from one thing to the next, I feel like. And it's that, that it feels so cumbersome sometimes. And it's, I think that that's what keeps people in a state of unrest. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes when you ask people, you know, they'll have all that chaos. And even when I say, well, what is it you're thinking? I don't know. Just everything. Just random stuff, not understanding that they're the ones creating the thought, but it feels so out of control. It feels like, and then they'll be like, no, and you put the alpha stem on and then everything quiets. Well, what just happened? I said, well, it just stops the neurotransmitters firing those things. It's still your brain. And then they learn how to do that. They learn how to start quieting that mind on their own. They learn how to rewire those neurotransmitters. And then they're able to find that more of that inner peace. And you can see a physical change come over them. And once again, and we're not just talking about mental illness. I'm talking about people in general. You know, when we talk to our friends or whatever, there's like 900 things going on. There's times where, you know, if we have a whole lot of stuff going on, you know, we have to reset and say, ooh, you know, maybe we've not done our mindfulness or we haven't done our gratitude, whatever that is. And then we shift right back into those things, into those things that we know work. And just that thing. And then we quiet that down. And then we're able to see solutions. When we are so wound up, when we have so much thought in our minds, we will focus on a problem and we'll try using the same solution over and over and over again. And oftentimes it won't work. And the reason why is because we haven't quieted the mind enough to realize that there are multiple solutions. And with that, even just to quiet the mind and realize that I have options causes a sense of that inner peace. And I had that with the client this week. She was thinking too much. And she said, you know, I remembered like it's a process. And I started thinking, okay, well, this might be a solution. This might be a solution. And then out of the blue, another solution showed up. And she's there like, she was happy. She goes, I get it. She goes, but I will start thinking that if I do this, this is going to be the answer. And it's not. But you keep doing the same thing. You keep thinking over and over and over again. You think if I keep thinking my problem and problem and problem and problem, and I keep rolling it around in my head, that it's going to solve itself. Well, and like you say, it makes you short-sighted. You can only see certain answers to certain solutions, but there's, it becomes overwhelming because you're so fixated on the problem itself. It doesn't give you that space to actually have other solutions come in. And you have to find what works for you, what resonates with you to make that happen. There, For some people, it is meditation, and there are different types of meditation. Absolutely. There's guided meditations. Sometimes that really helps for people. Sometimes there's the sound. One of the things that I love in our nighttime meditation is that there is a sound that plays in the background, and he even talks about it. This is a special audio that is scientifically proven to take your mind from theta waves to delta waves. And that really does, it's amazing. You can even find 
sound meditations that is just the sound itself. It's not a guided thing where anybody's talking. You're just listening to that sound and what it does to the mind. It really has an effect and it allows the brain to stop all that other stuff. Anyway, that's how that one works for me. And I think even gratitude, when we go into places of gratitude and we're, we, cause we do gratitude statements together. And when we do that, I find peace within yes. myself and I'm not thinking about day or what needs to be done or those kinds of things. It's all my focus is on gratitude and it creates space and it creates that feeling of just relief. And you know, when you said sound, one of the other places that people can find inner peace is music. Definitely. And when you think about it, music, when you think of sound and, and, and you know, you take, you know, and I'm always amazed at artists who have the ability to take all of these different variations of sound and then they put them together and it be, creates this amazing art form. Yeah. It's such a hard thing to even articulate because music can touch us. And, you know, if, if you're all sitting there thinking, take a moment and think about one or two things you've heard, even in your lifetime, that have kind of what we say touched the soul whether it's the artist singing and the voice and the words or the music itself. And it takes you to that place, but it moves you in a way. Music also has a way of helping us find that inner peace. You know, when people are having a rough day, oftentimes they'll go put music on. Mm -hmm. And some people don't even realize it. They don't realize it's a, it's one of their coping mechanisms. They think, Oh, I just always listen to music, but they won't realize. And I'll ask people, what do you listen to when you're, well, what do you mean? And then they'll say, oh, my goodness, I always listen to this tile of music when I'm feeling this way or this way or this way. Because sometimes, like you said, we're on automatic pilot. Mm -hmm. So we're on the autopilot, and we just think we're doing it. We don't realize that our body is giving a message and we're responding to it. Yeah. But that's the cool thing. When you have that inner peace, you have more an awareness to you to what is going on with you, to your body, your mind, and your spirit, you start to have this amazing awareness to it. And it is that inner peace that you will get. That's kind of what comes with it, is that awareness. And once again, the only time something can change or the only, you know, if we have something going on and it is only through our awareness that we have the ability to change, to implement something new. If something sits there and I'm having a feeling for it, but I'm not aware of, I don't have an awareness to it. And people will tell me, well, yeah, that's what I think. Okay, but what is your awareness to it? These are different things. We think a thought process is the same as awareness. They are not. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I'm sick. Okay, focus on what's going on. Or I think I'm happy. Okay, then what is your awareness to that? What is driving that? What in you internally? All of this is internal stuff. This is not external. It's what's driving that internal thing within you. Now, that does not mean that we don't have external things that help with that. Talking with a friend. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will tell Christy, if I'm having an issue with something, um, if it's with writing, if it's whatever it is, and I can, I'll have an awareness to there's it, it, something is unsettled in me. I may not know what's causing the unsettledness. So what I'll do is I'll say, you know, I just want to talk to you. And as I talk to her, awareness comes. As I talk, the awareness comes. And then I'll say, oh, this is what it is. 
because I'm using her as a sounding board. And we've done this for a little while now. So we go back and forth. So we got this. So we know, and now she knows to ask different questions or, you know, which is going to elicit different responses. So we get that awareness when we also talk with others. You know, I mean, as a therapist, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I hope I'm doing that. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that's why we're firm believers in uh, therapy too, because it is true. It's like as you're talking through something, a lot of times that brings that awareness to you and helps you have a better understanding of why you're feeling what you're feeling. So it really does help you get to a better place. And therapy is many things. I mean, you know, when we talk about therapy, you know, granted, you know, I, I did a little bit of schooling for it and stuff like that. But I think it it ultimately comes back to, am I being present? You know, because when I'm present, I'm in the moment with you. If I'm in the moment with you, then maybe I can bring you into the moment with me. And if we're in that moment together, there becomes an awareness to that. There becomes a connection. And through that connection, so that is an external one, that how it, developing that connection with another person that then helps us to find that navigate to that inner peace and how that really helps relationships like you and I, you know, we're able to pick up on each other's energy in that way. So even before you're telling me there's, you know, something going on, a lot of times I can feel if there's angst or unrest with you or that, and maybe you don't even know what's going on at that point, but that's what you're saying is when we, we look at it, then we sit and we talk or whatever. And then you start to feel better. And I can actually feel your energy change. I know that it's becoming a little more clear to you. So you you have some resolve with it. Absolutely. And with you, I'll say you feel out of sorts. Yes. And I will even use that term with myself. You know, you may say, well, what's bothering you or whatever. And I'll tell you, I just feel out of sorts. And I don't, I don't know what it is. And I'm sure it's, you know, all background noise that's going on in my head. And I just need to be in that moment and take that time and create some space. Well, you know, and I think that ties into our last episode where we talked about that miscellaneous or those thoughts that the miscellaneous or the thoughts that get in the way, that background noise that really impedes us in our journey to that inner peace. And we don't identify it as that noise. Right. We don't realize it's the noise. And this has been a theme for the week, you know, with some of my clients, because we're talking about, you know, the importance of, you know, my students, keep your school space organized, keep your space. And when you go in, if you go into a chaotic room, your brain kind of mirrors that. Mm -hmm. It will mirror that. When your space is chaotic, it will mirror it. And it makes it feel that way in your brain. You just feel scattered or you feel and this uptight. Is, and this is interesting because... I noticed that with you because your desk, her desk and my desk look very different. <laughs> I don't like my office. Even when I had my office, the other therapist would tease me and give me a hard time because my office is always organized. And I do that for a reason, though, too, because I want my clients when they come in, I don't want them to feel disorganized. I don't understand what that chaos because when I go into people's offices and if there's a lot of stuff I start to feel that internally with me. And I think if I'm feeling that, but I would have other clinicians, clients come into my office and just sit in my office and I'm there like, what are you doing? This is a nice space. <laughs> yeah. they'll And people don't even realize, I think that that's what it is. You know, like just having your space simplistic and clean and stuff like that, it does have an impact on your 
mind. What you think about if you go into somebody's house that, you know, somebody's a hoarder or something like that, you almost feel closed in and stuff. And it, so yeah, it I makes can't a difference. do it. I- and yes, my desk might be a little messy, but it is getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we are working on this. But you know, it's really interesting though. But what she, I think the reason, and the reason I brought up, because what I notice is when her desk is more organized, she's more organized. When it's chaotic, I see her over there and she's moving papers around. Oh my God, where did I put this? We still haven't found the stamps. Um, (laughs) I don't know where I put them. I usually put them in my purse. But I told you, I know it messed me up because I couldn't have my little book where I can fold them up all pretty and put them where they're supposed to go. And now I can't find them. So now she's all frustrated. (laughs) But And so she's over at their desk looking for everything. And yeah, her desk is much more organized. And I told her, I says, well, sweetie, didn't we get this, these bookshelves and stuff and drawers so you could, you know, put stuff in them and that and, you know, organize. But if I put it away, I can't see it. And then I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm getting better. So this is what we run into, people. But, you know, what? <laughs> but the thing is, is that I know when I, but see, I know because if I have to go to her desk, which I rarely do. Okay. Just so y'all know, I don't go in her space. I start getting a little, when it's not straightened out, I start getting, I got to go. I got to go because I want to know where things are. And I know that most, sometimes she knows where things are. (laughs) She'll tell me, I know where everything is. Oh, where are the stamps? (laughs) Just not the stamps, but I knew that was going to be a problem. (laughs) But I think that's the thing is understanding that our space, once again, when we're talking about the inner peace, there's multiple things that go into that inner peace. What our space looks like is important. I really appreciate, uh, you know, I rent an office space one day a week. I appreciate it. I appreciate it's the location, everything. But it's not my office, so therefore I just use what's in there. She must lean to the left on her chair. So it leans to the left. So the other day I'm thinking, it's not the location. It's not. It's certain things about the office. That, and so I'm learning to adjust with them. So now I lean all the way to the right and I kind of balance out. But it was causing me a little unrest. And this is so weird. I never put, in, it, everybody's different, but her desk puts her back to the client. That's weird to me. In my office, I always face the clients. So I have to turn my back at times to the clients, which I don't like. So that's kind of weird. So that, once again, it's messing with my inner peace just a little bit. And then when I turned to my clients, she put her sofa in front of the window, which faces the parking lot, which faces the parking lot, which so every time somebody comes in, their light, the sun reflects off of the windshields and blinds me. So now I'm there. Like I tell my client at 12 o'clock, I said, you know, it's 12 o'clock. We need to. So she closes the blind. I move my chair over. I've learned to adjust. And as I'm adjusting, my inner peace is coming back to me. But it took me a minute to have an awareness to what it was. Because I would talk to you about the office, huh? and I would say, and I was, I was there like, I don't know, maybe we need to rent an office, you know, and all, you know, our own space and all this. And then I realized I had to just sit with it for a minute and I had to figure out what was causing that unrest. And then once I was able to bring it all together, now I'm able to find solutions to it. So that inner peace at the office is starting to come back. But once again, it's taking that time to explore it, to look at it, to say, what is it? 
Yeah, because before you didn't even realize what it was that was bothering you. So you you have to take those moments to slow down and, and figure it out. Then you can make some adjustments. Well, and I think the other thing that's really relevant and important is understand that a lot of times some of the things that are our norm, because people have had something so long, when I get those people who come in my office, once again, who are always thinking their brain never shuts down, that is their norm, okay? So they oftentimes, if something is gradual, we don't realize it's a problem. And then if we've now had it for three months, you know, a year, three years, and it becomes our norm, not understanding it's not the norm. It's not a healthy norm. They've just been practicing it the same way that they only knew how for all of their lives. And it's been how they coped, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the most effective. Exactly. And so when they come in and we do that thing where we slow down their mind, whether we do it through mindfulness, the alpha stem or meditation, any of that and the CBT that I use, that cognitive behavioral therapy, and then they'll say, this is what this is supposed to feel like. They really have no comprehension. And I wonder how much of us in our day-to-day lives realize do not have comprehension about what that would be like to have that quiet and that inner peace. I think that's the majority of people because we're so busy in just dealing in the same routine every single day and just trying to get through something, not realizing that there is a better way and that there is a way to slow down the mind and actually deal with problems in a more effective way. And I think that it does come through creating that space. Well, I think what's interesting, you know, uh, the years we've been together is you hold on to Matt a little longer than I do. A lot yes. longer. But what my point is, is, you know, as time has gone on and we've been practicing a lot of this stuff, that time period, that duration, the intensity, frequency and duration of that has shortened so much yeah. as we do this. Because at first she would get upset with me because if we were upset about something, once I'm done with it, I'm done. I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And I come back and she's still upset. And they're like, why are you still upset? <laughs> Sometimes, well, I want to be. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Just that. Well, I just can't switch that fast. <laughs> yeah. I have struggled with that a lot. But I feel like that it is getting shorter. It is. In time, you know, as far as, like you say, I mean, you come back and before I was not ready to talk. I didn't want to, you know, I was just still in that yuck place. And I feel like that it is the over time, those stints are getting shorter and shorter. Yes. And even the intensity of the emotion. Yeah. And I think once again, you know, and that's not to say, do we still have our moments? Mm -hmm. We do, but they become less and less intense and they become less and less often. You know, it's kind of because, you know, I always say, okay, at the end of the day, how relevant is this? Are we going to remember? Is this so important? We're going to remember it in a week? And I'll ask her that. And that's something I think that you have started understanding that, I don't know, she's looking at me like, oh, maybe not. What do you think? No, I was sitting there thinking that when you have those moments that you're actually able to slow it down, that you... One of the reasons that I feel like that that mad stint gets shorter and shorter is like, if I really sit there and think you're being irrational, I can think that to myself and just think, 
this is just not rational at the moment. We just need to let this go for a bit and you'll come back to it and realize this isn't making any sense. But and that's why I was saying, that's why I was looking at you like that because I'm thinking, I know you think that you're right in those moments. It's like, I think I'm right in those moments, but I know that that's part of what helps me let go of it is I'm thinking, if so I, what I... So what I'm hearing is, and people, <laughs> I hope you're hearing this too, is that what she's saying is I'm wrong. <laughs> And so long as she convinces herself in her head that I'm wrong, then I don't have to be mad anymore because I'm just going to let her go along thinking that she's right. Is this correct? Sometimes that works. Okay. Obviously, I found out something very valuable today. We need to work on this because that is not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But I think the thing is, I can't believe you just said that. Well, oh, my goodness. See how this works? I'm telling you. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that it starts there. But I think that to truly have that inner peace is when we are able to see what is our accountability in those conversations? What am I bringing to this conversation that's creating or sustaining some of this riff? And then it's that thing of, okay, walk away from it. And that's why if I'm arguing a point, and then I sit there and think, how relevant is this? doesn't really matter. Don't care if I'm right. Don't care if I'm wrong. Be right. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, it's not life altering. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll tell her. I'll say, what difference does it make? At the end of the day, it's not that important. And I think when you do that, you put your brain understands that value system and says, well, wait a minute. You're right. What difference does it make? But so much of the time, I think it is that thing of, People want to be right. Mm-hmm. And everybody's right and everybody's wrong. You're as much right and as much wrong in those situations. When I work with a parent and child, I always say, what difference does it make? Each one of you is right based on your perception. I said, but you're arguing the point and then that creates a rift and damage sometimes to those relationships that it doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's giving me that look again, people. I don't know what this means. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you can only come from your own perception. And, you know, everybody has a different perception of things. So, yeah. You know, and I always tease her. And there's some truth to <laughs> Just preface it this way. There's stubbornness. And one of the things I am not is I'm not really stubborn. I, I'm just, because I don't hold on to stuff. I don't want to. It takes up too much space. And maybe I need to have more space because I'm dealing with other people's stuff. I don't know. <laughs> to have their stuff and my stuff, I'd have nothing <laughs> left. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked about that. About, you know, would you call it stubbornness? Me being stubborn? Yes. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get your sister on the phone, shall we? <laughs> <sighs> no, I suppose. Sometimes. <laughs> We're still working on that accountability. <laughs> No, but that, I, I seriously think that is, even like with that, if I'm being stubborn or if I feel like I'm arguing a point with somebody and I'm they're like, I will pause and I will do that where I will step outside of myself and look and I'll say, why is this important to you? And I think that's a really, for me, that is so important. If I'm arguing with you even sometimes about something and then I'll step outside of myself and I'll say, okay, and it's like I'm looking at the, the situation and they're like, why is it important to me? What value does it have to me? Well, it puts that separation between that emotional yes. charge. 
that you have from wanting to be right or whatever it is when you're able to stop and do that. Like you say, look at the emotions like you're viewing them from the outside. Well, and I think the other thing is, too, is sometimes we have a very strong, we have a passion for something. And, and when we speak, we speak with that passion. And, and we have to understand, even when we're speaking with that passion, is understanding that say your piece and be done. But oftentimes we're trying to convert people or get them to see things our way or, or whatever that is. And at the end of the day, what's important is what is it that you think and feel about something? And that's where that inner peace comes. It's not about making other people agree with us, think like us, those kind of things, because that will disrupt that inner peace that we have. Our inner peace is accepting who we are, accepting our flaws, accepting our strengths, being able to slow stuff down, finding those things that help us to slow that down, regardless of what it is. Some people it's going for a run. You like your skating. Those, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Those, all those little things you put together and it creates this beautiful thing where you get that inner peace because all of these things are working towards that. Mm-hmm. And having that inner peace really, I feel like is important to an overall healthy you. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think that what I found fascinating, you know, with the last exercise was, is that how much you realize you don't have, because inner peace is balance. You have to have balance to have that inner peace. If it's all wonky, you don't feel it. There's, once again, you feel a little out of sorts. And I think that's what it is, is that there's that balance in it. And there's that thing of finding the balance. And it starts, though, I think, first and foremost, with that thought process shutting down that chatter the awareness yes that chaos in our heads just gets in the way and until we learn to slow it down a little bit to really take time because that inner peace also helps with our physical health stress is i'm telling you it's a horrible horrible thing it contributes so much to our health physical health issues Yeah, physical ailments, it plays out in that way when we're highly stressed. And, you know, one of the things is, and I I agree with that, because, you know, one of the things is, is that we rarely get sick. Yeah. We really don't. I think that one of the perfect examples of that was when you did get meningitis. I mean, we, you were having to miss so much work because we were traveling back and forth. My, my dad had uh, cancer and we were traveling back and forth between states and he was going through that pancreatic cancer is a horrible thing. And seeing the stress of that play out on you, I know you were worried about me and dad going through this process. And like I said, and still taking care of my clients because in between I was doing that. Exactly. And I had so many more clients than I do now. And I feel like I wanted to keep my job. Yeah. I feel like the stress of all of that, it was a contributing factor to that meningitis coming on. And I tell people, one of the things is, is when you don't get your stress under control, your body's going to take you down. We see that with kids in college on finals week and stuff like that, they push and push and push themselves. And then the week after finals, they're sick. Yeah. A lot of them get meningitis at that time, uh, different things. Kids go back to school. 
their stress levels are elevated, whether they're excited to go back, but their stress levels, there's expectations now. And what do you have the first month of school? Sick. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is that contributing factor. And I think that for our, not only for our mental health, but, you know, for our physical health, we having that inner peace is such an important thing. And, you know, even if you do have some of those illnesses like uh, fibromyalgia, MS, all of, any autoimmune or whatever is going on, when you learn to have that inner peace, I think it really helps to bring down some of the symptomology of it. Heal the body. I really feel like that you have more power to heal the body when you can give energy to that. And you have to have that inner peace to do that. Absolutely. When you're constantly in pain, and pain is a symptom of whatever you have, using that as an example, if you're able to find that inner peace, you know, if you're at an eight all the time on your pain, and you can drop that down even to a four, that's huge. It feels so much different. You still have more mobility, your mindset changes, all of that stuff that takes place. Well, another example I feel like too is look at at how many times they show that people that are in a a lot of pain, how it impacts their blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a perfect example right there of how stress, it depletes the body Mm -hmm. and creates those illnesses or makes them worse, exasperates the situation. Exactly. So it's so much more than just some type of foo-foo thought process and that. It's so much more than that. And what I mean by that is it's not about butterflies and rainbows and all that all the time. What it is, it's really about getting to those healthy places so that you can have a better physical life so that if you do have pain, you can potentially decrease some of the the pain. And even if you're not able to take it away, but you know, it's going to feel better. An eight to a four is going to be huge difference. And I've seen that with some of the clients I've worked with Especially my vets. I'm so sorry. The puppy woke up and now she, I I talk with my hands. And so she thinks this is playtime. So now I'm trying to keep my hands still because she's trying to chew on me. <laughs> but that's one of the things, you know, with the vets that I've been working with is helping them to calm all that down. And, you know, how do we take that pain level down by getting rid of some of the stress that they have? Stress goes down, anxiety goes down, and then you know, also with that stress level, it releases different stuff. And so, you know, with the pain, there's swelling and inflammation and all that. And a lot of times it's, it's a lot of this is brought on by our thought processes. It's by not having that sense of inner peace. And it's not to say you're going to have peace 100% of the time. But what you want to be able to do is when you're having those I'm out of sorts or whatever it is, that you are able to get yourself to inner peace to help decrease a lot of that stuff. So that's what that means. It's not, once again, sunshine and rainbows all of the time because we live in the real world and real things are happening. Redirecting the brain has a huge, it's a powerful thing to be able to do that. And it has such benefits. Yes, because it is energy. Your brain is energy. And energy attracts energy. And so if I am in the dumps and then I go talk to somebody who's in the dumps too, now what we've done is we've magnified the energy of that. But if I'm able to, in those moments, go to my internal energy, that inner peace that I have, then I have a much better chance of 
minimizing some of that stuff that's going on with me. And if I'm able to minimize it, even for a little bit, it's that enough time, those nanoseconds, that helps me to reshift everything, realign, have that inner peace. And even when you're first starting out, understand finding inner peace, even if it's for five seconds, feels amazing. And that practice, that continuous practice, if you stay consistent, how it will manifest even more over time, you will gain more. It's like a muscle. You build that muscle in with the mind being able to do that. Like you said, that short amount of time will extend over time. Absolutely. So hopefully what you get out of this today is that take that time to take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Do find those things that help bring you to that inner peace. Understand it's a process. It's practice. But It has the ability truly to transform your life, to give you that better quality of life that I think most people are looking for and most people and everybody deserves. And when we say a practice, it's continuous. It's not about there's a beginning and an end. It is something that you have to create as a habit throughout your life. It's just like your body needs sleep. Your body needs food. Your body needs rest. And all of those things. So as you practice that throughout your life, how it plays out. Absolutely. Make it part of your routine. Make you and the health of you part of your daily routine. You deserve it. And it feels amazing when you get there. And once again, we understand life is happening. Things are going to come up. But to be able to have the ability to go back to that place of inner peace, even if it's like I said, for a few moments, that's what matters. So hopefully you guys walk away and you can think about it and find a couple of things, one or two things that really help with that inner peace. You know, we've already said Christy's going to work on her desk. (laughs) (laughs) I've already been working on my desk. It's getting better. (laughs) And as always, so grateful, so much gratitude for each and every one of you that listens to our podcast and We really hope that by the time it ends, that you get to take something away from it. But as always, thank you once again. We hope that you have an amazing week and we look forward to next week. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.